Hey there, coaches. This is Coach Tall Guy coming at you with another episode of Coach Talk. For all you coaches who might be uh, non-edge soccer coaches, welcome. Um, in today's talk, I'm just going to kind of go through the recreational experience on game day, what coaches should be doing, particularly for the U9 and older age groups. So I'm just going to focus on those age groups and how you need to be prepared on game day. So let's just dive right into it. So as a coach, you want to have the following happening. So before you even start the game, you want to have an idea going into the game of what team shape you're going to play. So are you going to play like a 2-3-1? Are you going to play a 3-2-1? Depending on how many players you have on the field. Uh, you also want to have an idea of what players are going to start where and what you know, are is you're going to have Jimmy at the left back? Is Susie going to play center mid? So you want to have an idea of your starting lineup. And you also want to have an idea of just kind of how you're going to sub throughout the game. So, you know, a lot of coaches find that the midfield, they're, they're usually running a lot more than maybe some of the other players in different positions. So those tend to get subbed out, you know, a little bit more often. Um, the defenders, you know, depending on the game, they may not run as much, so they don't get subbed out as often. But that's really kind of up to you as a coach. But have an idea. And, and it is recreational soccer, so depending on the numbers you have, will dictate a lot about how you sub. So for some coaches on the rec side, uh, just kind of putting a watch to it, like every 10 minutes or something, I'm gonna sub, or every six minutes, I'm gonna sub. Whatever works for you to kind of keep those kids, you know, with that equal playing time, um, go for it. Uh, some coaches sub more on like, hey, that kid looks pretty tired, I'm gonna sub him or her out. Um, or I want this kid to play in this position, I'm gonna sub him out, or this kid's struggling, I wanna sub them out, have a little discussion. But what I'm getting at is have a plan of how your subs are gonna look, all right? Now going back to team shape, if you're uh, playing U9, U10 in, in the country, in USA here, it's 7v7, so you have six on the field, one in goal. If you're playing recreational soccer in the older age groups, particularly here at Edge and in the state of Colorado, you're gonna play 9v9, so eight on the field, one in goal. And whenever you hear soccer coaches kind of referring to team shape, they're talking about the positions on the field and how many are in what spot. So. Let's take 7v7, for example. So more often than not, we don't like refer to the goalie. It's just kind of a given. So I would encourage you guys to play a 2-3-1. So two in the back, three in the midfield, and one up top. So we have our right back, our left back, our center midfielder, our right midfielder, our left midfielder. Those are the three in the middle. And then our one up top is our striker or our forward. So it's a 2-3-1 shape. All right, now every shape has its positives and negatives. Uh, I'll dive into that in a different podcast, but I would highly encourage you guys to play a 2-3-1. Now, if you're playing 9v9, I think a great shape is a 3-3-2, all right? So three defenders, one in the middle, two on the outsides, three midfielders, and then two fours. That gives you nice balance across the field, all right? So again, 7v7, 2-3-1, 9v9, 3-3-2. Are you allowed to change these shapes up? Of course you are, okay? These are just things that I suggest that I think work great. Um, it's a little easier for kids to kind of figure out on the field, um, but it's not like a hard fast, like I have to play it this way. A lot of your shape, and again, I'll dive into this another podcast, is based on what type of players you have, um, where they're at developmentally, 
that can dictate your shape. Uh, also, how the game is going can dictate your shape a lot. So, but again, these are just suggestions. So, you have an idea of your team shape going into the game. You have an idea of how you're going to sub. Now you need to kind of also figure out who do I want to start where. And, you know, take a little moment just to like think about your players. Think about your team. What characteristics do the kids have? Maybe what position would suit them best? Um, and maybe start that way. And again, it is recreational soccer. So I'd highly encourage you throughout, and I want to clarify this, throughout the season, kids should play a variety of positions. That doesn't mean you have to switch kids around every single game. You can give them more time in one position than another. But at some point, it'd be nice for every kid to experience different parts of the field, different positions, so they can kind of learn the game from a variety of angles, different lenses. Uh, different responsibilities. That's only going to help them grow as a soccer player versus, well, this kid's always going to be a forward because in reality, that isn't always the case. All right. So you got your starting lineup. You got your shape. You're thinking about how you're going to sub. So you're going to get your kids there early. I suggest at least 30 minutes before the game. Usually at most fields, there's some space on the side if a game's going on for you to warm up. If you're lucky, the field might be empty before you play or you might the other game might be finishing up and then you have some time before your game. But get the kids there early. And the reason you want them to be there early is one, you know, you want to make sure you have enough kids there to play. Two, it gives them some time to get on their gear, um, kind of get some of that nervous energy out. Uh, it also allows the parents some flexibility if, you know, if there was like a accident on the road or something like that, that they have some time to get there on time to the game. But most importantly, it's going to give you plenty of time to get the kids warmed up. So when we're talking about a warm up, that should happen before every game. But there are there are good ways to do a warm up and flat out there are not good ways to do a warm up. And uh, in my experience, I've seen some really fantastic warm ups where I walk away going, now that was a warm up. Those kids were actively engaged. They were moving. Uh, they were doing a lot of different movement activities that promote dynamic stretching that got them loose. They got their heart rate up a little bit, which meant that their blood was flowing. The muscles were getting loose. Their bodies were getting prepared to play the game. Um, the coach didn't just have them standing around in a circle stretching, which is, you know, super static. There's a little bit of a point for that, particularly for some maybe the older players. But for these younger players, they're naturally a little bit more flexible. Um, but dynamic stretching, if we can do that more often than not, is a great way to go. Then they get the kids moving and they're passing, they're receiving, they're maybe doing some dribbling. But the, the key here is that they're, they're, they're moving, all right? They're moving. That's truly going to help them get warmed up if they're moving. Uh, I've seen some just horrible, not great warm-ups where kids are very static. Um, they're standing a lot. Uh, one of the ones that I know is pretty famous and... Um, I see a lot of coaches do this and it doesn't matter if it's a rec coach or a competitive coach, but it's kind of like one big long line coach stands there. They pass it to the coach coach lays it off. The kid shoots. So, you know, I think we can step that up a little bit. Um, again, you're in a line. So the kids are standing around and they're probably going to get a little unfocused, which is, you know, it's game time. Uh, and then maybe at most they get two or three shots on goal. So really the only player is kind of getting warmed up in my opinion is mostly the goalie. Um, and maybe the coach who's laying off the balls all the time, but then they go back in line. So we got to be a little bit more creative. And the reality is like, yeah, we want our goalie to get warmed up, but there's some ways to do that where we can get a parent or a assistant coach 
have them start taking some shots on the goalie, get them catching some balls with their hands. Or if you know you're going to play these two kids or these three kids to start the game at up front, um, have your forwards kind of warm them up. So the forwards getting some shots on goal, goalies getting some shots. Maybe they're doing a little pattern play um, versus just standing in one line, laying a ball off. Because again, they're just pretty static there. They're not really getting warmed up. So I really, really, if you're tuning into this, challenge you not to just have a line of people laying a ball off and having one shot. Let's get, let's get them dynamically engaged. Let's get those kids moving. So now you've had your warm up, uh, you've done your captains, you've talked with the other coach. All right. So now it's you got a little bit of time before the game starts. Um, I would take, you know, maybe five minutes or so before that ref blows the whistle to start the game and have you guys take the field. I just kind of talk with your team and say, here are a couple goals for us today, guys. Um, You know, we want to make sure that we try to keep our shape. Um, It could be a goal of like. Let's try to get that ball out wide as often as possible. And I'd show them again with cones, like here's our team shape. Here's how we're going on. So-and-so's in this spot. So-and-so's in this spot. So-and-so's our forward to start today. You know, work real hard because I'm going to be subbing every, you know, six or seven minutes. So, you know, I want your guys' best effort. And then, you know, they get on the field and ref blows a whistle and then they're off. All right. So. Then after the first half, you have halftime, which is a great opportunity. Again, this is recreational soccer. We're really, really erring on the side of like, we want this to be a fun experience. So if you want to have, you know, snacks or oranges, that's something that's great. Just make sure that they're ready. And, you know, the only hard part is that sometimes that can be a little distracting when you're trying to give your halftime talk, but I think they can handle it. And then when you're giving your halftime talk out there, don't overwhelm the players, just, you know, encourage them and be like, hey, I loved how we got the ball wide like three or four times. That was awesome. We got some crosses. One thing I'm noticing, though, is when we're getting that cross, we don't have anybody on the end of those crosses. So we got to transition down the field a little bit quicker. All right. Can we do that? Can we get down the field quicker so we can get on the end of a cross? Like that's pretty quick. That's pretty fast. And notice I came in with a compliment first versus like, well, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing this. We need to do this better. You know, again, don't overwhelm the kids. Keep it positive. Um, Keep the energy levels high and just give them a couple points that you want them to work on. Personally, I like to give something that I think, you know, I'd like to see us do a little bit better on offense and something I'd like to see us do better on defense. But I'm always very trying to be very positive about what we're doing well, all right? It's so important for kids to hear what they're doing well. Now, as the second half goes on, you might have made some halftime adjustments, would have been awesome. So, you know, that's something as a coach you wanna take a look at, depending on how the first half went, you know, were you guys just dominating? Then, yeah, no need to like reinvent the wheel. Uh, If you were struggling in certain spots, um, maybe you can address that with changing up your shape or maybe looking at putting a different player in a different position. But those are some of those halftime adjustments. All right. Also, maybe letting uh, your kids know like during halftime, like, hey, have you guys noticed that they're always trying to kick the ball to number seven? Um, And that number seven is pretty fast. So, you know what? We're going to play a little deeper because they're always trying to just kick it over our heads and let that kid run onto it. Those are coachable moments. Those are opportunities to help the kids have some success going into the second half, all right? Um, Game's over, you've played, whether you won, you lost, you tied, 
you know, the kids are coming off the field. Obviously, if they won, they're going to be excited. If they lost, they're probably not as excited. A tie, I don't think anybody's overly excited. Um, but you bring the kids off and the first thing you're doing is you're giving them high fives, you're cheering them on, you know, telling them they worked hard, played well. Uh, keep your end of game talk though to a minimum. Uh, again, they've just played a whole game. Last thing players want is the coach to like, drown on and on and on and you gotta be aware that there's parents who might need to get to another game they have places to go so make the end of the game talk like very quick like hey guys way to go uh i like the way we played today hey we didn't pull it out today i saw some things that i definitely think we can do better we'll address it in practice i'm really proud of you guys here's your snacks uh off you are you know enjoy the rest of your weekend type of thing um i find that Coaches who just get so animated and so after the game, like go on and on, you know, those kids are just, one, they're tuning you out. Two, they just, they want to go. And three, there's nothing you can overly accomplish at the end of the game. So address that um, in practice. Now the overall vibe on game day, right? Like it's going to be a mess, particularly like the first game of the week. Like particularly if you, this is like rec soccer. So you get a lot of newbies, a lot of kids who haven't played. So, you know, I want you to temper some of your expectations. Like the most important thing is that they're out there, they're enjoying it. They're having fun. They're competing. All right. But you don't want to like set this bar so high, um, that you feel like kind of let down. And it's gonna look pretty messy that first week. Like um, kids are not gonna be in position very well. And that's hard at any any level and particularly for recreational players, you know, they're just super excited and they're kind of used to playing bunch ball and it's gonna happen. It just is, it's gonna happen. Now, some of the teams that have been together for a little longer is maybe not as much of an issue, all right? But we have a lot of new teams, we have new coaches. Um, so what I'm saying is, relax enjoy the moment don't get overly frustrated cheer the kids on make them feel loved make them feel cared for um and just you know have fun with it and don't don't take it super super serious uh you know we want these kids just to walk away with a with a good experience whether they win or lose um now take after the game, like for me as a coach, every game I've ever played, as I start to like play as a player, as I got older and definitely as a coach, you know, I kind of spend some time, maybe my car ride home or later that night, I just sort of replay the game a little bit in my head and uh, kind of make some mental notes or I'll even write things down on some paper, just like, okay, I really liked how we did this. We really struggled here. These concepts, you know, were kind of tough. And then I take that and I kind of go into my practice and I try to address some of those issues, knowing full well that, you know, particularly when it comes to shape things and positional things, it's gonna take, it's not gonna happen in one game. It's gonna take multiple, multiple games, lots and lots of playing before they start to figure out some of the positional concepts. Um, so I say that because majority of your issues are going to be related to your team shape, uh, your positional play. That'll be like the majority of tactical issues. They're still going to bunch up a lot. Um, kids aren't going to know when to transition per se, how to spread the field. Um, they don't really understand first, second, third defenders type of stuff. But again, you can't solve it all in just one or two practices. So 
do what you can, have an idea of like, hey, we're gonna work on this this week, I'm gonna focus on it. And hopefully you start seeing some of some of that come to fruition in the game, all right? Uh, hope this helps. If you ever have any questions, you know, just reach out to me, adamc at edgesoccer.net. Uh, enjoy the game day. Uh, make sure you're emailing your parents a reminder about what time the game is, some of your expectations, like be there 30 minutes early. Make sure you kids always bring both jerseys. Make sure they bring their water. Kids should have their shin guards at every game. Uh, dress appropriately with their with their kit and their uh, cleats and all that stuff. If you can get some snacks going, I, I think that that's particularly in recreational soccer. I think that's fun. It's fantastic. It kind of keeps the kids going, uh, you know, and then just make sure that you also maybe put a little plug in there like, hey, parents, it's going to be our first game. I'm excited. I'm sure you guys are, too. Just a friendly reminder that, you know, we're not coaching from the sideline. We're cheering appropriately for the for the kids. Uh Coaches and players are on one side. The parents are on the other side. Uh, what you don't want is to get in a situation where you're coaching and the parents are like right behind you or right beside you. Uh, it's just distracting for the players. It's distracting for you. So parents should really be on one side of the field. You and your team should be on the other side of the field. Please make sure you, you know, just say hi to the other coach, touch base, say hi to the referees. Um, and it just kind of just brings everybody into that air of like, oh, we're getting ready to play a game. But you start to feel a little bit more comfortable when you have a handshake with the opposing coach or you've said hello and had a handshake with the ref. It kind of just brings down some of that anxiety on game day. Well, this was a little bit longer than I normally have it. I hope there was a lot of information. Hopefully you take some notes from it. And I wish everyone nothing but the best uh, as they are coming up on their opening weekend. Coach Tall Guy out.